0: Hello, my name is Daniel, creator of Zero Waste Daniel, a line of gender-free clothing and accessories all made from upcycled scrap
1: fabrics here in New York City. Hi, I'm Krista Rosa. I'm a television producer who is responsible for making some of your favorite reality shows. I'd tell you which ones, but I'm not sure if I'm legally allowed. I'm super into sustainability. And I'm trying to be less of a garbage person. We're going to answer your questions, some about creating less waste, and some about taking out the trash in your life human or otherwise. Then
0: we'll review some products, trends, and services that claim to be saving the planet. Will we give them our stamp of approval? Or will we ultimately come to the conclusion that this is is not sustainable?
1: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of This Is Not Sustainable. As always, I want to start out by saying this is not a podcast to exclude people that feel that they don't know anything about sustainability. I sure as hell don't know that much about it. And I'm learning every day from you, Mr. Daniel, Zero Waste Daniel himself. Hey. And I think that it's also a place that we want it to be where you come to learn about these things in a non-judgmental zone.
0: I think what's been so exciting about this so far is that we're really highlighting the fact that a lot of the people who we love, we admire, we look up to, and we want to know more about, don't know that much about sustainability. So it's kind of fun to hear what their favorite tips and tricks are and what the hardest part about not being more sustainable is.
1: And I think something we're hearing a lot is that like people want to do all these things and like do want to do this better, but it's like actually very hard to do this in most places.
0: It seems like a common theme that there isn't, like, a good one-stop shop, one-stop guide for living sustainably because there's no one-size-fits-all solution for upcycling, recycling, and consuming less.
1: And I think, too, it's, it's like, yeah, I want to recycle, but, like, only this thing, like, I can't change, like, what my local community, like, accepts as my recycling. Like, it is, I mean, I can, like, go and be like, we should do more, but, like, You can't change, like, there's nothing you can do about that. So unless you're going to, what, spend all your time driving around to go, like, dump random garbage other places, hoping it gets recycled because they recycle, like, you know what I mean?
0: So this is one of my big questions is, like, why is it okay for companies to be making stuff that is completely unsustainable? Like, why is there no guideline for you should have to make things that are not disposable and going to sit in landfills forever? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I'm just asking the question. Like, why is the onus on us to try to, like, get rid of this stuff when it's like it should just not exist?
0: Right. Like, I'm trying to be zero waste. I'm trying to do better. But no one else in the corporate world is trying. So when I buy things, I can't stop the packaging and tags and little thing that connects the price tag to the garment from oh, being yeah, in existence. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and that that stuff is ultimately garbage. So why is it allowed for other people to be made? And then why does it fall on me that it's my trash?
1: Yeah. What is that? I feel like that I've been reading that a lot, like in on the internet yeah. these days. Yeah, do you feel not? You don't agree?
0: I'm just like, where are you reading that? Like on I Reddit? just feel like
1: there's people that are being like, why is it up to us to be doing this when it's like you could make a a product that doesn't have all this byproduct? Right, shit? like
0: you shouldn't be allowed to make a product yeah. that is inferior and thus hurting the earth.
1: And I think it goes back to like our thing of like we talked with Tahira about like Trader Joe's and I'm like, but literally everything is packaged.
0: So this is a weird phenomenon that I'm struggling with in my life. And maybe if someone else owns a business, they might've gone through something similar, but I am trying to get my online store to link with Google. And Google Merchant keeps telling me over and over and over that my product descriptions are misleading. And so I can't, have my stuff linked to Google.
1: Misleading. Misleading. As in
0: what way? Do they have like I mean, maybe it's because I'm claiming that there's zero waste or maybe it's that I'm claiming that it's a positive impact that it's having or any of the things that I believe we are actually doing. And I find it so interesting that if you're very open about the fact that this is horrible for the environment, there's chemicals in it, you put a warning on it, no problem getting on Google
1: Merchant. Yeah, that's weird. But
0: if you're trying to do better, you're sort of being kept out. Is That's so
1: that, I wish that you could like write them and be like, "What is what? What's happening?"
0: Well, I just put them on blast. So, so let's see. no, I know.
1: <laughs> but like, I would love to get feedback. No, of and that, you, know, you know, we know?
0: have written it. We we have written into them, and we've tried to work with the team there to try and get our website to link. And what's been very frustrating is that it's all coming from a legal perspective. Everyone just wants their ass covered, yeah. right?
1: So, which in, is understandable,
0: uh, completely understandable. But at the same time. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage for trying to do better.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. It's very strange. That's weird. Like, I don't like that.
0: I don't like it either, but I think it contributes to this whole thing of it's hard for people to do better. Yeah,
1: when it's like you have to jump through these hoops that like other places wouldn't have to jump through. Right. And if you
0: can't find my product on Google, but you can find something comparable but conventional, then how are you supposed to buy it? There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's And it's also very real of the, like, you need to be on the first page. Like, that's, like, I feel, like, so, like, outdated now at this point. But, like, you need to be on the first page of SEO. You need to be on the first page of, like, you know, all that. Remember, that was, like, the biggest thing in the whole world. It was. Um, That's, like, it is that kind of thing. It's, like, if you can't actively find it because there's so many other things that are coming up whenever I'm Googling you, that's not good.
0: I mean, that's really not good. And also, I mean, if you're Googling me, Maybe I don't need to sell you a sweater because you already know, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the it's a soft sell.
1: But if you are looking for a or like sweater popping on by my thing. Yeah. Like right, exactly. you come across my brand. Right. But got if got you're
0: l- if you're not actively looking for me and you don't know me and you don't know my brand, how do you find me if I'm being shut out for making claims that I'm doing what I'm mm-hmm. doing? Yeah. Which is weird. It is weird. And, and like
1: verify my shit. I've, like I've come find was, yeah. come find out. Come to my studio. Yeah.
0: Watch a news article, news piece about me. Like, it's all I
1: guess you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of press about you. A million people have come in and been like, These are the
0: scraps, and I'm like, These are the scraps. So, I feel like you know, it's frustrating for brands that want to do better, but I also at the same time, you know, look at what we're doing here. We're reviewing products and letting you know, Are they packaged sustainably? Are they actually functioning the way they say they're going to be? Is it a piece of crap that you're going to have to throw out? Which inevitably does not contribute to the goal of sustainability. So I appreciate that there is some kind of litmus test for what is worthwhile, but I also feel like it's hella fucking arbitrary.
1: It's also, it's just very, like, why do we have to go through all these hoops to get this thing for us to just be, like, valid on the internet? You know what I mean? It's, like, weird. And it's that thing where, like, your stuff isn't, like correctly being verified to like be able to be sold but yet there's like not let let me not go dark but there's like fucking like incels of all kinds of horrible things and people and shit all over the internet that they're like we can't do anything about it oh what do we do exactly it seems
0: like people are cherry picking their issues
1: and i and like i listened to this thing in the new york Times. this was like what two years ago now at this point but like it's still kind of relevant is like the on the New York Times basically like there's all this like child sex abuse material like all over the internet is rampant. They can't do anything about it. But yet like they can't block all of like there's nothing you can do about that, but they can, like, in without even but there's trying. There's absolutely like, no
0: way I can sell a sweatshirt made out of scraps on Google Merch. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, that's is not I mean. allowed. Yeah, it's like,
1: and I get that it's like not the comparable things, but it's like. It is not comparable. But,
0: it, but I do find the irony in it, which is that someone trying to do better and make things more accessible is struggling with that. And someone doing something horrible can't be stopped. Yes. What's that about? You know,
1: <laughs> um, no, it's fucked up. It is, it's and it's like up. you could do better.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That is not sustainable. It is completely unsustainable to let the things that are e- evil and rampant in the world slide and not lift people up for trying to do better.
1: Yeah, that's you're right. When you heard it here first. Speaking of people that are trying to do better, Sophie Sumner is our guest. I'm. You're so excited. Oh you're a, it's embarrassing. You're an American Sex Hop model like fanatic.
0: I think if I tried, I could probably name like every winner.
1: Okay, let's try it right now. Okay, okay. cycle right.
0: one.
1: Adrian. Cycle two. Joanna. Yes, I remember that. Cycle three. Eva. Yes. Cycle four. Naima. Cycle five. Nicole. Cycle six. Danny. I'm starting to forget who it is. Well, I'm not. Okay. I'm in a th- I'm verifying. I'm verifying. It's all Danielle American. Slash Danny. I Evans. mean, what am I saying? American System model winners. I'm Googling this so I know what it is. Oh yeah. Here we are. Okay. All right. You can't see this, right? No. Okay. Okay. So Adrian, correct. Joanna, correct. Eva, correct. Naima, correct. Oh my God. Naima. I
0: forgot about her. Naima's amazing. Nic-
1: Nicole, correct. Danny, correct. Seven. Carrie D. Correct. Eight. Jessleen. Correct. Um, There are game show sounds on this board. (laughs) I will not use them, but we're going to need to in the future. And this, I should have been prepared with this. So
0: I didn't know I was going to have to be doing this in order.
1: You haven't gotten one wrong yet. Okay, fine. Okay. Season nine. Celicia. Correct. It just says Sal here, but I think it's, it's Salisha It's Salisha I mean, like she did the one where she was jumping over the Great Wall of China. Yes, remember her. Yeah. Okay, season ten.
0: Oh my god, this is where it gets really hard. Season ten, Mickey.
1: No, you're you're Whitney. Yes, okay. correct. And season then eleven, Mickey, season twelve, Tiana. Yes, season thirteen. I can't Nicole ble- again. I can't believe you've gotten this far. Okay, um season fourteen.
0: Krista.
1: Yes. Season 15. And. Wow. <laughs> Season 16. Brittany. I'm dying. Season 17. Okay, this one's fucked up because this was All Stars,
0: right? So what happened was Lee won, but she leaked it. So then they refilmed it and Lisa ended up winning, but it, it should co- have been Allison and Allison should have actually won cycle okay. 12. This okay. is fucked now up. Now we have
1: a whole thing. Okay, you are correct. Eighteen. Sophie Sumner, today's guest. Our guest. Nineteen. Laura. Twenty. Jordan? Correct. Oh my God, I'm killing this. Twenty-one.
0: Okay, see, this is, I don't know, because I don't know which cycle was the Rita Ora season. Okay. So I'm going to say that I think cycle 20 is Keith.
1: Twenty-one, but yes, correct. Okay. Season 22. You know, you Nile. yeah correct Nile DeMarco Nile DeMarco hottie
0: like so hot
1: season 23
0: see this is where I'm confused because which one did Rita Ora do because as far as I, far think, as I, I think know this one, there I, are no others I think,
1: I think this one yeah you don't know this one I don't this know is Rita says- Ora her name is India
0: oh I, well I should watch, watch it season 23 and like then amazing. there was
1: one more that Tyra did Kyla correct wow you knew every single one <laughs> <laughs> I told you Wow. I love that Okay, show. so you are clearly, if anyone needs to know any proof about it, you are um, a huge fan.
0: I'm a historian, yes. You are, story. yeah.
1: Which even with the, like, it, we she leaked it and then this happened and blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, so you're like giddy to be having Sophie on I today. can't
0: believe I'm literally hanging out with Sophie Sumner, America's Next Top Model, from a really fun season because it was the British Invasion season. Yeah,
1: I remember when that was going on. It was a big deal.
0: Yeah. Uh, I am an avid watcher of many reality TV shows, and I love competition format. It's one of my true passions in life. So I'm just very excited to hear about her experience. And funny thing, I was on this show called Fashion Star, which we've mentioned in the past, and the woman who wrangled the cast, the cast wrangler, which is- I was that person at one point in my life, yes. It's an actual job title was also the cast wrangler for America's Next Top Model. So I'm so excited to see if Sophie knows her. Wait, really? Yes, Vanika. So I feel like it's just one of those things where, you know, we've all been running in the same circles, but I'm finally... God in heaven, okay. uh, Finally going to get to sit down and chat with her. I think it's going to be
1: great. I'm excited. (laughs) And I want to hear what she has to say about sustainability, because especially from someone who's like, going places that you get flown out you, you get flued out to here and there and this and that and you like do. you're all over the you know what i mean i feel like if you're like a model or like someone who's like a host or like you know you're you're like the face of campaigns like you're going all over the world all the time all, so it's like one thing we want to talk about in the future is travel like it's so hard yes. to do that sustainably it especially really when you is. need to like go through security and blah, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, like I can so see that being something where...
0: Well, and even, you know, let's say you've done everything perfectly and you've bought all of your carbon offsets and all the things you're going to do, they're still going to hand you a bag of peanuts on the plane. Yeah, More and than you're going your to have to go
1: through and, like, you can't bring a bottle of water. You have to buy a bottle of water at the end of the thing.
0: Well, and even if you do bring your own jar, fill it up in the, you know, water fountain or whatever, all of those things... And you refuse the peanuts, it didn't stop the peanuts from yeah, being like bad. They still exist. Like they're still there. Yeah. So I think Which is really... something
1: which is something I wanna get in with you when we do our like one on one sessions. Um, that will eventually be on Patreon. Like, I want to, like, talk about that is, like, like, what is that? Because that, to me, is, like, the next level up of, like, what this conversation is that I'm, like, not ready for yet, and you need to, like, I'm teach me.
0: I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't know what it is, but I know what it's going to be, and what it's going to be is a paradigm shift, right? Because ev- eventually everyone who runs these companies will be from Gen Z, so they'll all know. Copy. So by the time that's happening – everyone will be aware yeah, and policies will change completely. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to manifest, but I can tell you the dominant culture will care eventually.
1: Yeah. But I'm saying like, even like the fact that the peanuts still exist and are on that plane, like that doesn't,
0: I think like, like, are you
1: solving a problem by doing like, by not, know, by not know, eating well, them? Like, what does it Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and not that you're going have to have all the answers, but that's something I'm interested in he- learning about.
0: But I think that you do. Right. Because I think that every flight attendant, every, like think about ratings in your industry, right? You look at what people are engaging in. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, wow, no one's taking the peanuts. Maybe they'll stop having
1: them. Yeah. True. Yeah. That, okay. You
0: know, so many people yeah, like in my no life. There's no demand,
1: so we're not going to supply it.
0: Exactly. So many people <laughs> in my life. I went to business, business school. <laughs> I own 51% of this company. Uh. So <laughs> I think people have often told me, you know, the waste that you're not making is not helping anything or it's not getting us anywhere or whatever. It's like, there's just, people yeah, like want to poke holes in it. Yeah, like, yeah. And to me, well, it's I, just
1: like fucked up for people to say. First of all, like how dare people anyway, I mean, people continue. are fucked up. Yeah.
0: But, to me, what I'm trying to say is not that I, anything that I'm doing is saving the world. It's proving a point that it's possible, that you can live with less, that you could reduce more, that you could upcycle anything. Though Proving those points are ripping the band-aid off of convenience and saying, we don't need to be doing the things the way we are. There are choices. Everything I'm doing isn't fixing the problem. It's proving that the problem can be fixed. Got it.
1: Oh. That's thought-provoking. Say it one more time.
0: Everything I'm doing isn't fixing the problem. It's proving that the problem can be
1: fixed. If I was Oprah right now, I'd say that's a tweetable moment. (laughs) Which, like, you know, I I model everything after Oprah, and she, she goes, say that again, say that again.
0: I love Oprah. Yeah, anyway. We've never really talked about it. Are you, like, where go off on Oprah for a second. Um
1: I watched her like every day when I came home from school with my mom so like I just there will never be a show ever to be as impactful in my opinion on the American culture that than the Oprah Winfrey show period. Yeah. End of drop mic.
0: Done. Oh, yeah, she is I mean, she's our mom. And she's like our she, can't even, she's she
1: can't even she can't even recreate course. the lightning in a bottle that she had in the Oprah Winfrey show.
0: She she is truly one of a kind and I think that she has a very unique combination of presence authority warmth strength you know she embodies so many things but i wonder if she wasn't oprah as we know her and she was just getting on tiktok today what that would look like
1: it's it was also something where like you she could go from doing like I'm going to have a really fun thing where I'm going to give away things to the next day being about like someone getting hazed in a fraternity or sorority and talking about like the most disgusting things ever. And then like switched gears the next day and be doing like, which like could never happen today ever.
0: And many talk show hosts who followed in her footsteps were not able to To do that, get information out of people.
1: Mainly Ellen or like everything was just fun or whoever was like fun, like viral that day was like on Ellen where it was like, I feel like Oprah did such a good job of like mixing the celebrity guest that comes on with the average person with a problem with the most per- salacious with, story you've ever heard yeah, versus like the million little pieces. And then she get, brings him back on to like tear him down on TV to be like, why did the fuck did you lie to the American people? And so then, then Celine Dion's yeah, releasing a new
0: album. Absolutely. Like cut, cut to your yeah. t-shirt.
1: Yeah. And can like, talk about that for, just we like can, I mean, second. I have a vintage t-shirt from um, Hassan's brother, pile of vintage that um, it's just like an old concert tee from, Celine that he found it and gave it to me for my birthday I can't stop staring at I wear it me. I can't every believe I, Celine
0: is on this episode I, with I, us. I wear it every week it's beautiful um, it
1: looks great on you but yeah no one no one can do it like no one will ever be able to recreate that and I think it was also a thing if you go back to like the old episodes like when people are like when like gay people are first coming on and blah blah she was like such a defender of people like being accepted that like we don't have today, in my opinion, I don't know. It's just like to blindly just have your whole audience be like turning on you. And she like did not care and like was like having really hard conversations rather than really just, like, hard conversations, screaming into an echo chamber of like people that agree with you, like we do all the time. Like it was she actually had like a really good like she did a lot for a lot for of a lot of
0: different communities. And I think one thing that she did so elegantly was that she represented overcoming something. She was a yeah. female. She was a woman of color. She was not a rail thin body type. She did so many things that broke the mold. I think it really made people feel like whatever is holding me back, if she could do it, maybe I could do it too.
1: And she was just like good. Like, I don't know. She was just fu- she, was, she was fucking incredible and dominates everything. And again, one thing I said, one of my mantras of my entire life is respect the red light. It's one of her favorite. It's one of her things that she always said. She always wants to like, stop. Yeah, respect the red light. But like, though, like when that camera's on, like you're fucking working. Yeah, you're not like, oh, I'm good at this now. I'm cashing in the check and like throwing my shit away. Like, like she respected the audience. She respected the. You, you know what I mean? Remember
0: her Lindsay Lohan interview? Yes, that was incredible. What do you mean? Like, incredible. get out of here.
1: You know, I like have Discovery Plus just so I can like watch like her like being CGI with those people. Like it's so offensive how like obviously it's CGI and like I don't give a fuck. And I'm watching her with like Julianne Margulies and Julianne Margulies is like being put in as if she's like with her and she's not. I mean, I can we her. be honest? Like I'm that- paying five dollars a month to watch just that.
0: Yeah, but for anyone who doesn't know. The Good Wife is your... My favorite show of all time, yes. Favorite show Period. of all time. Which, I mean, you've seen it how many times? A lot. So you're basically an attorney. Yeah. Oh,
1: oh, my God. The number of times I'm like, I should go to law school when I'm watching <laughs> this show. You don't need to go to law watching school. Watching this show that the was, was insane. <laughs> like, I'm so like, I could do this. Is I'm
0: Oprah like, and Juliana Margulies just like your normal? No, yes. Like, yes. that is, that is yes. your version of it.
1: I'm paying for Paramount Plus just to watch The Good Fight. Yeah. What are we talking about? Well,
0: any put Christine Baranski in any time there.
1: Like, that's what I'm... Like, I'm spending money on this. I'm putting my money where my mouth is.
0: <laughs> well, that seems on like that a sustainable note, habit. On that note. Um, I'm super excited to talk to Sophie. Me too. She'll be with us right after this break. We are here with the one and only Sophie Sumner. You know her from her work as a tv host and actress and probably most notably as the winner of cycle 18 of America's Next Top Model hi Sophie thank you for joining us hello
1: we met a long long time ago in passing and it's so funny to be sitting across from you now we know so many people in common even just talking right now we've Mm -hmm. connected the dots a lot um thank you for being with us
2: thank you guys
0: I'm super excited to have you here. Um, I've waited until this very moment to let you in on a little secret in my life, which is that. I don't that
2: want to hear it. It's really embarrassing. I don't want to hear
0: it. <laughs> it's a really embarrassing secret. Um, I am an America's Next Top Model super fan. No I've way. seen every episode of America's Next Top Model ever. And at some point I was just like, well, now I need to just keep watching so I can keep saying that. You know what I mean? Uh And I'm so glad I did because, wow, I love that show. Uh, You're amazing and it's so fun to meet you in real life. I feel like you're great on TV, but the camera does you zero justice. You're so (laughs) much fun in person.
2: (laughs) That's really sweet. Wait, when did you decide... That you thought you might give up Top Model, what season, but you stuck it out for Um, the long run?
0: You know what? (laughs) To be (laughs) really honest, I didn't watch the Rita Ora season.
2: Oh, not did I.
0: In my mind, it didn't happen. And that's Mm -hmm. no shade to Rita Ora. It's just that Tyra is a very important part Mm. of my Top Model experience.
2: Was it just the one season with Rita? I, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm clear. So sorry. Whoops. I am going to watch yeah, it though. That's. I feel bad saying that, but yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you're a super fan. That's so cool. Um. Yeah.
0: You know. I think that, like, as a young queer boy, it was mm. uh one of the only places where I ever saw people like me on TV, and mm. also as like a five ten, like gangly person. Uh, it's another place I saw people who looked like me. <laughs> so <laughs> it related was related hard. I related hard. I learned a lot about the fashion industry, and I have always joked that I will be the Tyra Banks of sustainable fashion. Dear God in heaven!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he just said it out loud, so it's probably going to happen. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sadly. It's pretty sadly. good at um, <laughs> But it's really fun to meet you in person, and thank you so much for coming on our show to tell us a little more about what it is that you do and your experiences and how sustainability works into your everyday life or
2: doesn't thank you for the compliment (laughs) (laughs) i got taught this earlier i'm really bad with um i like people saying nice things i like people saying lots of nice things to each other you know i like nice people i'm very like happy go lucky let's go person but when people give me a compliment, I find it, when people give me a compliment, I find it very difficult. So um, Daniel just taught me to say thank you for the compliment. Just say thank you. Thank yeah. you.
0: Thank you is a great way to respond to thank a you. compliment. Just
2: on, I have to get the pitch right. Like No, you're yeah. doing
0: incredible. Thank you. Um, And the way
1: you said that was, I mean, poetic.
2: Thank you. So
1: I want to give you a little bit of a rundown of the show. We're going to yeah. ask you first where, where you're at with sustainability. There's no judgment. There is no, we don't, you don't need to be an expert. You can be curious. You can say, I don't understand it. You can say whatever you want, and we'll just go from there. We then have a few questions that we have. They might a little bit be tailored towards you. They might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to give some people advice Amazing. with these questions. And then we're going to do some uh, little fire, you know, rapid, rapid fire, fire questions. Round.
2: Oh, I love that. Speed round at
1: the yeah. end. That's the deal.
2: Okay, cool.
0: So to kick it off, where are you today on your journey, relationship with sustainability?
2: Okay, so I think my parents, by the way, are like very, very green. I think England is actually a very green country, especially now it's becoming, um, I hate to use the word cool, but you know, it's becoming part of everyday life for lots of little, I was about to call them (laughs) Inglintonians. <laughs> Sorry. i've never heard that term. <laughs> i like to make up words um but as i get older i'm just realizing things like i'll go to the supermarket and it just frustrates me how much plastic there is and how everything is in plastic where it's a natural fruit and you know you go back to the old days where everyone went to their local supermarket and you'd buy from your local vegetable person or your local butcher and everything was kept local and then income, big corporations and everything becomes really big. So I'm having a whole movement at the moment where I'm just grappling. Hi, we have a puppy here. I don't know if you guys can hear her.
1: Oh, now we can. Oh,
2: sorry. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. I'm, You're grappling
1: with the fact that there's all this plastic. That I'm grappling yes. with
2: the fact that there's all this plastic going on. Like everything. And I've just become, I'm really noticing. I think I'm just becoming super aware of the amount that I'm throwing out and the amount of trash bags. And maybe that's now just getting older and caring more and you know being more savvy to the news and everything and things that are going on but it's just so gross and I just find it quite gross in the supermarkets where there's so much packaging or just everything is there's just so much plastic and packaging and that's and then you look into it further and I'm like oh my god this was only invented in the 1970s and we're already destroying it all this much so like I've independently done a lot of my own research But it's funny because it's still one of those things that I just, I need like a plan. I need someone to be like, this is how you do it. So in my building, I keep, I compost all, so I'm basically like halfway there. Yeah, I love that. Not Armageddon would say, what's his name? Bon Jovi. Oh, (laughs) I think it's just, I'm like halfway there that I compost. I have two boiled eggs every morning and I keep the shells and I'll keep all my coffee granules, but then I don't know what to do with it in New York. So then I just have this like lump of... I've got really good at recycling anything cardboard and um, trying to keep bottles in a different thing. But then I'm not quite sure where to put the bottles. Do you know what I mean? So yes. I'm acutely aware, but I'm also scared that my building is just putting everything in. Like maybe I'm separating it. And then it's eventually going to end up in one whole big thing. Right. Like the Hamptons, where they don't recycle in the Hamptons. Um, did you know that?
0: Putting the Hamptons on blast.
1: <laughs> I actually did not know that. They, didn't I didn't they know, that. don't
2: recycle in the Hamptons. Like one of the wealthiest places with so many parties and things. And do you people think they can't stuff. afford the service? Definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> so what do you think it so is? So awkward. I
1: don't think they care. I don't think they care. It's that bad. Yeah. Putting the Hamptons on blast. Know. You heard it here first, people. We <laughs> well, don't think they care. And that's even like... <laughs> Places I've lived have changed their policies of how to, like, recycle. Like, they used to recycle, like, this number, this number, and this number. And then they have changed it and been like, no, it's actually only these numbers now. And it's like, there's nothing you can, like, kind of really do. I don't know
0: with. if you guys have ever seen this viral video, but it is literally, like, my version of Nirvana. But there is a city in Japan that recycles 32 categories. And the city itself <gasps> lives zero waste. And Stop. you basically have to bring all of your waste materials to a local recycling facility and they show you what each thing you recycle turns into when it's reused so some packaging is reused as the same thing and some things you know get turned into other things like new paper becomes you know post-consumer cardboard or different packaging becomes you know we grind these up and turn them into notebooks oh or whatever my it is. God.
2: See, that's what I want to know. I want to know then that process. Right.
0: Which I think is so interesting. But um, I love that. Maybe so we'll all much. get there. I think it's really interesting that you brought up the idea that people just don't care. And mm. I think that that is, in fact, the root of a lot of people's issue. And what I'm hearing you say is something similar that we've heard from some of our other guests, which is that you would do it if someone would just you what to do and make it easy mm. for you. So I think it's really interesting how many of us are willing to do better,
1: but don't know how. And also, oh, and it's not easy. Please don't apologize. That. But, um, <laughs> it's also not easy. Like you said, like I have this bag. I now have all of this stuff that would be composted, but like I literally don't know the first place to like mm-hmm. go right. do it. Well, I will say as a
0: tip for anyone in New York city, a lot of the community gardens do have compost. So mm-hmm. I would go to the closest park to your home apartment and there's usually information on the gate about how to get in touch with the people in the community garden and they might take it and comfort. imagine
2: if that was on google map imagine that was just another thing that you searched like right? you would for like your local coffee shop you could just search for but another thing that drives me nuts is I'll do my little bit. Okay, here's the prime example. When we were about to have the, um was it the, there was the storm or there was some kind of power. Pa- oh, when it was really, really, really hot, right? And everybody was using their aircon and stuff. And I got an, like one of those alerts on your phone where your iPhone doesn't stop. And it's like, nah. yeah, yeah. and it was like, please turn And you think off. it's like an Amber
1: alert. That's yeah. And I'm like, oh installed. my
2: gosh, what like registration plate am I looking for? Yeah. But I, I, it was like, please, can you not use? And I always, so I always turn off all my lights. I always turn off. I never have a TV on if I'm not watching like everything. If I leave a house, everything is off. I don't leave air conditioning on. If I'm not in the room, like I'm very good about things like that. That was how I was brought up. It was always like turn off the light switches when you leave the room. Right. To like an OCD thing when I leave the house, I check everything. I'm like, make sure everything's off. Um, So of course I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, of course I'll turn everything off. So I'm in my one bed apartment sweating. I'm also British. I sweat so much. And then I (laughs) saw this meme and somebody was like, yo, why don't you like talk to Times Square? I'm sure they're using. And I was like, Yeah, man, Times Square is using all this electricity. I'm using nothing and I still turn my stuff off. So the little people, like, we want to do it. We want to change. I want to know how. But when you haven't got the huge, you know, big guys kind of even giving you. Okay,
0: but this is really interesting. Do you think that, you know, I equate Times Square, the real estate there is so expensive, Mm -hmm. right? How, I mean, how much must it be to rent a. a shop in Times Square. Well, or just a billboard.
1: The billboard. Or a billboard right. alone, right? money to have that be on.
0: So don't you think, like, the same people in that tax bracket are the same people in neighborhoods, for
1: example, like the Hamptons, mm. where they just don't care? Mm. Whereas it would be so funny, think about all the great, like articles mm-hmm. that would be written if one of them did turn off of their they did turn off their, their billboard. Um, billboard and then, I think
0: that would be good press. Like
1: that would have been like the best press in the world. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah,
1: like this brand is shutting off their billboard because sustainability. Well, because all these other and not for nothing they gave they gave this mass like blanket alert to everyone to like turn off their air conditioning. And so it's like mm-hmm. that's the You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like yes. it's like why are we and I think that's something that a lot of people are talking. About. And again, as the layman of this podcast, I like layman. I see a lot of people talk about layman. It's like just like an average person. Oh, like I'm not the expert. It's a lay person, <laughs> like Which a lay I person. I disagree that you are the layman, layman. But, but I'm saying I'm not. I don't have a brand I that, that word, I don't have layman. a brand that is devoted completely to sustainability. So, <laughs> as the average person, that's the average consumer. I've been seeing a lot more too of of the everyday person saying, I've been doing my part for my whole life. Like when is like a corporation going to stand up and actually do something about this? Which
2: I think is super interesting because I think it's becoming archaic. I think it's almost becoming uncool or I don't know, whatever word you want to use now. Like these companies have lasted so long doing this and our generation is learning and the next generation is really very kind of advocates for this. And I think it's like... I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like dying out, right? There will be a time when we'll be like, those people were crazy, like, oh my god, the waste from that and I really do believe that. And I think that's we're in we're on the time now where it's just starting to tip. It's like ten years ago it wasn't none of it was cool. Right. Right? Like think how much has changed even the past two years. Yeah. All these things. For sure.
0: And I think as it becomes pervasive in celebrity culture, it trickles down to, you know, common Lay people. Well, that's,
1: I mean, I <gasps> How get my. I in- you. We are I, g- <laughs> <laughs> I get my information from like a select. You know what I mean? I might get, I might understand an, a new idea based on someone that's famous that I'm following is like totally. introducing that idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. I mean, we are in a media culture and mm-hmm. whether it's Instagram, TikTok, reality TV, Netflix, it doesn't matter. I feel like we're all looking to the people on our screens mm-hmm. to tell us what the new thing is. And so I think when that conversation shifts to sustainability, it's very encouraging to me that Mm -hmm. there will actually be some change if the people on the screens are talking about it.
2: Mm -hmm. Agreed. Do you know one thing that drives me crazy? No, but tell us. Oh my gosh. One thing that drives me crazy is one. It's those fashion hauls that they do. I can't stand the hauls. And I think that's another thing that's going to, it's just, what's the right word? It's not uncool, but like, It'll just seem so gross. It's not I think age it well. will just yeah, I don't. I do. I believe yeah. that. I think it would just be viewed as like very gross and like you know, this whole of like we want more and get more and blah 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 I think it's just not there anymore. Well, I think that's a perfect... Rent the Runway. That was a good one. That, that was like, a good one. came through. And too. it
0: really... And it has aged very well. It's a business yeah. model that a lot of people are copying because... Yeah. Sorry,
2: the real real.
0: Also aging incredible. Because when Rent the
2: well. Runway started, everyone was like, oh my God, that's so lame. You guys can't afford a new dress. Like there's this weird higher tier thing of like, you know, all that kind of chat. And now it's like the real real is like, oh, it's holy grail.
0: This leads me perfectly into our first audience question. So we have asked our listeners uh, any any number of scenarios that they've been in, but, you know, Chris obviously works in reality TV production Mm -hmm. and you are an actual top model. (laughs) So, and fun fact about me, I've been on a reality show. I think that this is a really relevant question for this group. I'm really curious to hear what you two have to say, but our listener wants to know, if you think the experience of being on a reality show helps a person wanting to engage in the actual fashion industry and if they don't have something in the industry like a platform like a reality show to springboard them what should they do?
2: I think that Eight years ago, when I did this, sorry, I just jumped in. <laughs> I was no, like, no, oh, no I, I could see the shift in your eyes. <laughs> like,
0: it was like you put yourself in that moment.
2: Yeah, I really did. I'm a very visual person. It's so true. I think that um, when I did a reality show, I think it was all about numbers and ratings and making money from the people that sold the commercial breaks Correct. and getting more ratings to sell that. And Correct. it became extremely apparent when I won. And they basically were tearing down the set. They were like, you won. I was like, oh my God. And the next minute they're tearing down the set. There's a contract. The next minute I was in a hotel room alone. And then literally from when I won to eight hours later, I was on a plane home with Mm -hmm. no aftercare. And even I still didn't get some of my prizes. Not that I'm here to like bash it. I'm just saying they'd already moved on to the next one. Right. right? So it's like, what's next? College season was actually. And it's not a gripe at them. It's nothing that. I just think that's how reality in the industry really was and they didn't you know Instagram wasn't so much a thing back then at all I didn't come out of reality and suddenly get loads of followers like Instagram just started around that kind of time um and yeah they were just super focused on it was ratings it was a ratings war yeah um so do i also was the only one of the only people on top model that was so interested in behind the scenes like my parents both work in television i'd grown up and they worked in the new they work in the news so i'd grown up always going to the studios and i loved behind the scenes and i loved being part of a crew so when we went on top model i was like oh, look there's so much going on and it was such a big production and there was so much money and there were all these people running around and i was really interested in watching the crew so much so that they held a meeting and they were like everyone needs to uh, stop talking to Sophie because we're not allowed to talk to the crew. You could only talk to the other girls. Oh
0: my God, I'm obsessed.
2: Yeah, they were like, and I was watching it like, what's going on? Like, oh, I see what they're doing. And so I really was reading the whole show as I guess I wanted to come in the States and it was a platform to get me out to the States. And I very much live in the moment. I really loved, you know, all the, um, every moment of it Mm -hmm. and the journey and everything. like Like I really did enjoy it. But for some of the girls, it was like a complete psychological thing and they didn't know why they weren't being looked after and they didn't understand what was going on. And... Well,
0: I feel like I need to interject for any of our listeners who didn't see Sophie's season, but I happen to be a stan, mm-hmm. so I know everything. And what was really interesting about your season in particular was it was the like Americans versus the Brits, but all of the British girls who were cast on the season were former contestants from Britain's Next Top Model. So you actually did this twice mm-hmm. and you knew a little bit about what you were signing up for mm-hmm. before you went in do you think that was an advantage for you or it helped you stay more clear-headed versus some of the other girls who were like ah I'm oh my in God. Hollywood
2: it was the biggest disadvantage we all went absolutely <laughs> we all went absolutely insane because we had been through it before it was almost like PTSD. And there was a girl in my I'm season, sure. Annalise, who held it together on Britain's Next Top Model, but lost it on America. Oh, but it was
0: so great to watch her and be vulnerable. She was incredible. She's
2: so, I love her. She's someone that I stay in contact with. But it was so interesting because the Americans kept saying to us, like, but you guys have done this before. And it was so different. Was it? Yeah. Oh, my God. In Britain's, you like chat with the crew. It was so like easy and there was some challenges and there was loads of time off and this it was like oh my god before we started filming we we're in ho- hotel for a whole week you weren't allowed to talk to anyone it was like psychological they yes. were really like messing around with you there was a huge budget um so yeah it was it was completely different what was the other thing you said well gonna... you
0: know we're interested uh, and our listener wants to know if you don't have something like a platform like a top model how oh, do you yeah. springboard yourself? What would you do? You know, if you wanted to come to the states and get into modeling, what would you have done other than?
2: What would I have done? Yeah. Um, wait. Well, <laughs> keep on looking. Now, No I' are just looking smiling. at each other. I love it, but I want to join in. I'm like, another, we're also
0: looking at you and another smiling. Another
2: thing, I, <laughs> yeah, they are. True. <laughs> Put my tiny violin away. Another thing I was going to say is, I honestly think that they picked British people who had done it before because they didn't want to audition people. I seriously think it was a last minute idea and they went over to the British side and they got sent some girls who the Britons put forward. I wouldn't, That's what I think happened.
1: I wouldn't say that you're wrong. Like, yeah. I don't actually know anything about it, but like, I would like, I mean, that makes a casting something like, job like, a lot I, easier. I wouldn't, it was yeah. like, what's I wouldn't easy? put that past them. Okay. It,
2: these girls have done it. I would
0: save money that way. Yeah. It was also like in my opinion, kind of created this like bizarre gauntlet between the Brits and the Americans, because all of the brilliant. British girls were like, had almost won their season. And so they were all like really seemingly good, yeah. more qualified and experienced. And then the Americans, there were a couple of really beautiful, really great models, but in general, they seemed very green and the Brits were like, what like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, you like that photo? Like, and you want to dye my hair pink, whatever. So <laughs> it just seemed like a little bit unfair. Um I
2: came up with the pink cut. Uh, I know. I told them.
0: You came up with
2: that? Yeah, they
0: I thought you meant like I was one of the girls who got pink no, hair. I was like, I know you have pink I, hair. You and cuz I, I watched the whole show. Oh, I love
2: it. I was signed to an agency in London and they wanted to like take off all my hair and dye it brunette or whatever. Mr. J told me and I looked and I it was in a contract, right? I was like, please don't change my hair cuz I know how long you have to change your whole book and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I just looked dead in the camera and I was like, no. <laughs> and I never ever liked that ever but I was like it's not happening I've been through this so many times where they try and um and so they went away and I was like you can dye my hair pink if you want but you can't chop it all off and start dyeing it it's literally I spoke to production and he scampered off and the next minute they came back in for a take and he was like you're going pink
1: <laughs> so funny but it honestly was iconic on you yeah, Was I mean, it fun I to have pink hair?
2: It. Well, it turned orange very quickly.
1: Sure, sure. It's
2: really hard to maintain. You know, I feel
1: like it's so hard, and I feel it's like really most hard. people that do do like a color, it's like they end up like stripping their hair so badly.
2: Well, I also look like a small Victorian sickly boy when I don't have makeup on. <laughs> so, like with pink hair, I look like really ill, especially, <laughs> like, um, especially pale, which and a leads little me immediately
0: and... back to what oh, would yes. you have done <laughs> if you hadn't been. <laughs> On Cycle 18 of America's Next Top Model. Well,
2: first of all, fun fact, when they reached out, I was like, this is it. They're asking me to replace Tyra.
1: <laughs> oh my God <laughs> in heaven.
2: an No, I wasn't really. I just, for some reason, I was like, yeah, you know. You were like,
1: like, it's my time. <laughs> yes. I am here. You are the second coming of Tyra.
2: Oh my God. And then they said contestant. I was like, all right, fine, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. But I love that you oh, were so willing God. to go with like, option B
2: yeah I was like okay it's very more stupid I get it um what would I have done so you mean me or me personally I mean
0: I would love to know what you would have done or what you think you would have done but also if you have advice for this person because whether it's being a model being a designer being someone who's working in the buying or selling side of the industry there isn't always a springboard platform. And even if there is, I've had this experience a lot where people are like, you should go on Project Runway. Like, it's a ride. Like, yeah. you should just, like, wait in line and go on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. they have to actually pick you to go on the show. You don't just get to go on it. So.
2: It's so true. People do do that. Um, so I probably would have stayed modeling in London. Actually, I was offered, to be honest, I was given a um, – contract to an american so I, I might have still made it i don't know whatever but that was after britain's next top model and after britain's next top model no agency actually wanted to sign me so i wow, did top model in a time when it wasn't reality tv was not favorable at right. all it was almost like frowned upon so i signed to storm mm-hmm. which is quite a big one but i was very very lucky in signing but i think if i mean I, you say
0: you were lucky in signing but let's talk about it for real mm-hmm. you are a very good model you're good at what you do and you have a great personality so I think one of the things that I would suggest to this person is to hone their craft whatever it is buying selling modeling designing like you have to have the chops if you're gonna make it
2: I would 100% say that a we're super lucky now that we have social media b be absolutely 100% authentically you when mm. I signed to the agencies and I, I always wanted to do on camera or behind the camera. I didn't mm. care. I just wanted to be part of a crew, something to do with, I'd grown up clearly TV. since you had, you
1: had been, all you did was ask about the crew and you, you wanted know, well, to see what I they were yeah. doing. Yeah. I, I, she's I a I producer. Mean, in,
2: in, I've put it out there to manifest, but like in sometime in this lifetime, I'd love to be a movie producer. Like that's my executive baby steps producer. That I'm working towards if you're like, out there listening,
0: she's ready. <laughs> we um,
2: and we're making baby steps on it, but I, um, I think that now, yeah, social media is incredible. The fact that we all have our own platform, the fact that all body types are like a lot more welcomed into the industry. So I would say, you know, don't conform into anything they tell you. Like when I signed to these agencies and said I wanted to do TV, they were like, okay, great, like Alexa Chung. Alexa Chung is incredible, but she's very deadpan. You know what I mean? She's, and she has she's, a whole air about her. Her, yeah, her style. She has, and yeah. she's Alexa Chung, and they were trying to do it. So every time, it's, this sounds ridiculous. I am a blonde, white, like, I've got every advantage in the world, yet they were still like, here's a, ha- this is how this happened before. So this is the path we go. And right. I think to this day, these big companies, or, you know, some of these agencies, and I think they're just starting to change, but they were like, oh, you know, this girl next door works, so let's like go this route. Right, sure. And what's becoming cool now is, you know, you're getting all these different types of voices and these voices are coming out and can be heard on social media and all these voices have a following because everyone yeah. can relate to one of these voices. And right. we've heard, multiple times from you know the beautiful girl or whatever like now we're looking for new exciting voices so I think it's an exciting time or the other thing that I would say which is really cool is say you wanted to do reality tv I don't know let's just say whatever yeah sure who doesn't the show look at the credits get the names those people are all on twitter follow them reach out to them you will not believe how much work and how many people don't do that that you could get from doing that. I had a friend who got into like news because of that. She found a news channel that she liked some random exec. She's, you know, and reached out and got in that way. So there's, Imagine back in I mean, the day. I mean, that
1: happens to me all the time. People miss me. I'm sure. You, but, right? Oh my God, like, what happened? Like, I need to, like, oh, I really want to be in TV, blah, blah. I see that you're, like, on the Housewives Instagrams, like, blah, blah. Yeah.
2: Well, I and mean, maybe if, you were in a, if you're having a good day, you I, might be like, you I've know what? Talk cool. to some of them and yeah. been like, let me,
1: con-, you know what I mean? And f- yeah,
0: first we presentation. We want to help each other. Mm-hmm. I ever did as a designer. I did my independent show. It was literally in my friend's apartment. It was mm-hmm. so casual. I opened up a Vogue. I read the masthead and I made invitations and I invited every editor at Vogue and someone showed up. See, that's amazing. It went exactly nowhere for me. But But the point is you you can really make that contact. So I feel like for whoever this person is looking to find that platform for themselves, it's Mm. really about proving how badly you want it because there you might not get cast on the show you might get cast on the show and everyone hates you you can't control Mm -hmm. the outcome of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but you you are the only one who stops you from doing
2: stuff Mm -hmm. and to be okay with not controlling that outcome yeah to be okay with just handing that over and like we're just gonna see where
0: we're gonna free fall but like you said you have to be authentic you have to leave it all on the dance floor.
1: I think another thing, too, and you will, you will agree with me on this, Sophie, is, like, you, as a producer, there are people that are really good at being on television, and there are people that are not, mm-hmm. and your job is so much easier when that person is good at being on television, and yes. so when you have someone that's, like, really funny or good, and they know what they're doing, and they get it, which, like, you clearly are, it's, <laughs> it's, I get to go, oh, God, okay, I don't have to, like, actually do this, like, it's you know what I mean? True. I don't have to, like, teach this person true. how to be on TV, and it is truly a skill. I think that being on television is a skill in itself. And I think mm-hmm. that you need to, if you want to be in front of the camera, if you want to be a model or a television host, or basically do anything that you're doing, <laughs> you need to learn that that is a skill that you need to like figure out. And that could be you putting your cell phone up and just doing it and just getting used to hearing your own voice. I literally said to you the other day, Daniel, like I was like, oh, I have to listen to these now. And I've like forgotten like how to be okay with listening to my own voice. Mm. And kind of even just like, guiding and hosting this, I'm, like, oh, I'm, like, dusting this off because I haven't done this in a while. Mm. And it's, like, a learned skill. You have it, but it's something that you really are, do have to get good at.
2: Mm. And I think
1: it is something, like, any of these things that you want to do, if you want to do anything in entertainment like this, like, that is going to take you so far if not only are you a pretty model and you can make take a good photo, mm. but then when they come and interview you or someone wants you to be on a podcast, you actually can be entertaining and, like, mm. give good answers. And not drone on about blah 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 blah, but actually be like this is what I think and not even sound bites I think like we're kind of past the Mm. world of sound bites but give a succinct answer that is like interesting and is thought-provoking and like you know that can look
0: engaged and be engaging on camera I think that you know something that models especially I think deal with a lot is this idea of it factor and we are all in our minds like it factor means being like looking a certain way but it factor is actually something that has nothing to do with how you look necessarily. It's something you can't put your finger on. It's
1: it factor. Well, and it's also, yeah, it's like star power, people say exactly. as well. But exactly, that can also be someone you know that that person's going to give a really good interview. Like, or you know that that person, like, even, and I, even people just, like, doing a Zoom with themselves, I don't know. I mean, does that mean anything? Like, even, like, having your phone and just recording your own phone and you standing in front of your phone and being like, I'm going to do this. I mean, I guess we do this with like stories and stuff, but a lot of people just do like, here's where I am. But like mm-hmm. being able to like actually talk and not have to, and-
0: I I promise I won't do this on every episode, but I feel like I have a totally free pass today because Sophie is here. It's like Tyra says, <laughs> You have to get in the mirror Michael. and learn your angles. Mm. Yes. Which you really do. Well, it,
2: it that that is very true. I think um you're so happy that he's agreeing. Yeah, there. really.
0: I was really ready.
2: But I do think that a lot of people to so social media. Yes, we can all do that and blah blah. If you look at Chloe Kardashian when she went to host X Factor, sure. it like when very south like there's Poorly a difference it's like if you're picking you know what i mean like tv hosting and reality are, are two very super different things different. completely and then acting different is like a whole different Other like, thing yeah that's all like super slow and small movements but it, it is always being like on and even modeling's like being on and people would always i'd come back so exhausted and yes it's ridiculous to say that i understand that people work labor jobs like i'm in no right but it is tiring just to be honest like imagine your wedding day and you have to be on with all your guests that's right. what you're doing when you're on TV you're well, just and it's, on, you're on, like on, on. On, on it's
1: very demanding and i will say as like especially as a producer seeing what the talent goes through they like if they don't get a take there's 70 people behind them being like all right when are we going to move on with this like mm. you do have a lot as someone that is on camera and you have a large crew behind you there is a lot of demand on you. And I feel mm. like it's very much a part of the culture to remind
0: everyone how expensive it all is. Mm. So, time you know, your on time is money, are we going to get the shot? We have to light this. We have to have a stand-in because this person's too expensive or whatever it is. And I think that there is a misconception that you it's, you know, you go on one reality show and you're a star. It's not gone at all, but it's very different from what it used to be. And it's been supremely devalued.
2: Well, with like Netflix and all those guys, it's all signups. yeah yeah. so that's why you're blasted with all this new shows and blah 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 and then what happens Netflix gives you so many new shows and people are like actually I do like good entertainment like HBO you know what I mean It's, it's again it goes back to this like we're given so much of something and then we all take a minute and we're like whoa so much you know whether it's the being bombarded I don't know in the sustainability club whatever and you realize how much you have and you're like no, I don't need yeah. all this. You know, okay. I just I need it all simplified. I need my, you know, I don't need fifty bottles of shampoo, or whatever. I just need everything simplified. Yeah. I need my television, like just good content simplified. The one thing I, think I we're will going on that journey. Yeah,
1: the one thing I will say is that the, the the pro of having so many things and being able to have a million shows on is that there's a lot of shows that would never have been made twenty years ago that now have a place and like a lot of stories that aren't a straight white person, all American, quote unquote, all American story like that has to be on primetime and has to get every single person in the country to watch it that can be made and now are allowed to exist. And Mm. I think those shows really
0: exemplify it factor, right? It's like this person might not be the picture of what conventional society has sold you Hollywood wants, Mm. but in fact, they
1: have all of the makings of something you're going to be obsessed with. And that's mm. like, oh, I get to like dive into something I don't know anything about and learn about it. Which is honestly which is, more exciting. Yeah, which is great. Yeah.
2: You know where I go for my happy place if I'm feeling, because I've been here now two years without going home, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but my happy place is Richard Attenborough Planet Earth. Yeah. And that the best. centers me into everything. That centers me when I'm like oh I'm not feeling so great like oh I need to go buy that I don't need to buy shit I really don't need anything I I do not need anything in life right now you know what I mean and like when I go back to that or basics or in New York I run to the east side river and I just sit and I'll watch the water if I need a creative spark if I just need to like recenter and I bring it all back to the center and nature and then everything else just seems
1: it's like it doesn't matter Yeah. yeah Hey, everyone. We had so much fun talking with Sophie that I didn't want to edit anything out. And so I didn't. Um, We are going to be breaking this episode into two episodes. The next one will come out tomorrow. And I want you guys to hear our conversation in full. So we're going to allow that. I know it's a little bit of a longer one, but we're going to break it up into two episodes. So check us out tomorrow right here. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer or a product you'd like us to review? Send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment or send us a DM at thisisnotsustainable on TikTok or thisisnotsustainablepod on Instagram. This podcast is produced by me, Zero Waste Daniel. And me, Chris DeRosa. Artwork was done by me. Editing was done by me. And if you couldn't tell, we literally did this all on our own. Special thanks to Mario and Hassan
0: for allowing us to turn our living rooms into recording studios. And thank you to
1: all of our guests for their unfiltered honesty as it pertains to sustainability. Until next time...